Good morning, it's Bill Young, and welcome to Prayer and Lunch Podcast and Block Talk Radio Show. Today we have a very exciting show uh, filled with a lot of good new information, at least for me. So, uh, if, if any, maybe some of your listeners may know some of these things, but I don't know. <laughs> so, we are going to be doing our, you know, our regular two little lentil books, uh, Draw Near to God and Pausing to Pray. And uh, we're also going to be doing day 18 in 33 Days of Merciful Love. And today's topic, which is all concerning to us, no purgatory? Question mark? All right. We're going to hear about that. But let's get started first with our, uh, our daily readings for Lent. And, you know, God always has a way of, of, of putting stuff where he wants me to say to you, through the Holy Spirit, of course. And from uh, uh, Drawing Near to God, our little book that we're reading for Lent, uh, is called, today's title, Mystics Hidden Among Us. And that's uh, for today, Thursday, March 22nd. And it looks like John eight fifty one to 59 is the reading, the gospel reading for today. So, uh, before I actually read this, but um, from our last uh, meeting, uh, last, well, I guess that would be almost two weeks ago, uh, we had someone among us who told us a story. At first, uh, when she was back home in the Philippines, how the rays of our Lord in the divine mercy picture that Jesus, I trust in you, came out and reached her. And then she said uh, later on, I'm not sure, we'll find out when, uh, how recently it was, here in St. David's at Davie, Florida, she was praying to Mary. And Mary, while she was praying, came. All of a sudden, everything seemed to freeze and there was a big light. And Mary sat next to her, holding her hand, and asked her to pray with her. So Mary wants us to pray to her through Jesus. And so let's go what it says here. It states here in the hidden mystics hidden among us. And this was uh, written by Emily Gretton. The wonderful and dark is this world. She states, I believe that we are meeting mystics every day but we do not recognize them. Their humility and modesty is such that they, pa they pass into the crowd like Jesus in today's gospel. Perhaps we could spot them by their spiritual and disciplines, prayers and meditations and fasting or study, and simplicity, solitude, submission, service, confession, worship, guidance and celebration. It is possible, but not likely. For real mystics practice their deep love and service to God in ways they may fly under the radar. Unabrunces transforming their lives of others in ways that seem sublime, plain-spoken, and level-headed. Except when they receive extraordinary mystical gifts and the practices 
Not everyone does. It is hard to pick them out in the crowd. So, so you never know who may be that mystic among us. And um, today also, something very powerful that I wanted to talk about. And it's from Pausing to Pray, Lenten Meditations for Busy People. And uh, if you're not aware of it, it gives two things. It gives uh, um, uh, different uh, passages from St. Fasanina uh, of Poland. And she's a great saint. And she, uh, she lived. And this diary was written in the 30s. But, you know, I think she passed just about uh, uh, around 1938. Um, but before she did that, before she passed, uh, her 1664 uh, diaries have different numbers of uh, every every situation or what uh, presentations from our Lord to her. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a presentation, but uh, the writings that the Lord wanted her to know about herself and also to share with others in the world. And this today's is so powerful, and I was totally blown away. And it says here, my daughter, know that your ardent love and the compassion you have for me was consolidation to me in the garden. And in parentheses of all, 1664. And the meditation, how is it, Lord, that I should matter so much to you? How could I be worth so much to you? when I will matter so much to myself. But I don't know if you caught that. While he was praying in the, in the garden of Oz, where, you know, when I was growing up, it's funny, the story he always had, well, he was very upset with the apostles that they fell asleep while he was praying. But they have toned that down a while, and I think this is the reason why. Because he, he did have consolidation. Maybe not from the apostles or anyone at that time while he was praying. But uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but there's more than one source that came to me that the church believes that uh, uh, our God, the Father, and the Son, of course, and the Holy Spirit, they have no realization of time. They don't know the past, the future, the present is all the same to them. It's man that made time as an existence. So that's kind of neat that Jesus, he could go to any time in the future. And also men it mentions in uh, uh, Father Michael Gately's book, Three and One, in one of the chapters, that uh, when he was dying on the cross, to help him get through that pain and suffering that he was able to see all those who would be baptized under his name and all those who had confirmation under his name so he knows every soul he'll save now does that mean we don't have uh, free will? Of course, we all have free will, but he sees the choices that we finally pick <laughs> because he could see the future. 
that is amazing. So he'll know what we're going to do before we even do it. Not that he's deciding the choice for us. It's our decision. But he knows what's going to happen. That's why right here on the, on the bottom of the, I'm looking at it right now, his picture of divine mercy in the bottom, it says, Jesus, I trust in you. And that's the most important thing that we're learning, hopefully, in our uh, uh, DVD that the Father uh, Michael Gately is narrating is the second greatest story ever told. And uh, from there, where do we go? Well, I was uh, looking at the, uh, uh, the book, and uh, like chronologically, of course, uh, it suggests uh, 33 days of morning glory first, to consecrate ourselves to Mary through Jesus. That's number one. But then one after that, what should we do? Well, it, it tells you that uh, the book consigned the heart of Jesus should be the next one. And the funny thing about it, I got this last March, a year ago, and I was looking for something else, and I saw, oh, I bought that at the conference. I have the book, I have the CDs, uh, uh, the workbook, I have everything to do to do the retreat. So hopefully uh, we'll try to do that after uh, this video presentation. And so again, everyone's invited. We're having it at uh, St. David Catholic Church in Davie, Florida, off Griffin Road and University. And uh, so all those invited at 8 p.m. after the Stations of the Cross. So you're welcome to come to the Stations first. And then at about 7.30 that should be over. And we'll have uh, hopefully coffee and some goodies for everyone. And then at 8 o'clock we'll start uh, the, the DVDs. I believe tonight we're going to be doing uh, um, 6 and 7, Lesson 6 and Lesson 7. And then the final one will will following Friday is Good Friday, so we're not going to be doing the, the DVD set movie because it's Good Friday and they're having uh, different events going on in the church at that day. But it will be um, the following. Uh, I believe it's April. Uh, what day is that? April sixth will will be the the next. Uh, presentation and then we'll see what happens after that you know how, what people respond to and what people want and if we can find a facility to uh, to have our retreats you know that'd be great and so let's go to uh, so I thought that was amazing by the way about uh, St. Fascinus and so I had to look it up just to make sure because anybody could go online and let you know uh, it's not secret information. You could go to the diaries of uh, St. Fascinator and download it to your computer or your uh, laptop or, or notebook or whatever you have. And it's totally free to download it. So I just went to uh, for uh, 1664. And it's funny that the one just before that I was trying to reference the date was April 14th. Uh, I believe 1938 and um, I don't think she she was uh, Sister Fascinina I have to look and see when she passed away but a while, I know it was 1938 so it had to be after that 
and she experienced the, the, the day before or uh, the reading before uh, the heart of Jesus and the, the passion that he went through and even she makes a comment that she was surprised that she even lived through it because it was, it was probably very intense the passion and I don't know if I would want to do that that's you know I, it's bad enough that we see the movie Passion of Christ uh, the reality of it would I think it have to be a lot worse so but anyway so let's go today which I hope you guys didn't forget the topic for today no Perkadoy wow what is that okay we gotta read that so I'm reading from uh, the acclaimed 33 Days of Merciful Love also written by Mother Fa uh, uh, Father Michael Gately so let's go to day 18 but no Perkadoy huh and it's, it states here, yesterday, we learned that the offering to merciful love heals our heart and hearts, making them more sensitive and compassionate. One result of that heart and sensitivity is a deeper feeling of longing for God. And guess what? That's a lot like purgatory. Reality. St. Fascinita once had a vision of purgatory, the place of the suffering souls for which die in a state of grace, but who still in need of purification. And she was asked to souls that what was the greatest suffering was, they all replied in unison, longing for God. All right, so does that offering of merciful love make this life into purgatory? Well, in a certain sense, yes, because it increases our longing for God. But don't worry, in this life, it's a sweet longing and particularly a good thing, especially a good thing because it not only opens our hearts to a deeper prayer and can make life more joyful, but it's also a deep, keeps us from happening to be in real purgatory in the next life. In fact, St. Teresa believed for the little souls who lived the little ways and make the offerings to merciful love, purgatory can easily be avoided. Wow, that sounds great. And by that, I certainly don't mean it's easier to avoid because it's easy to go to hell. Rather, it means it's easy to bypass purgatory, go straight to heaven like the saints do. Let Teresa herself explain the amazing point. The saint of the little ways believed that after she made her offering to merciful love, she no longer needed to fear purgatory she described the reason to her sister Pauline, who had given her permission to make the offering. And Pauline was uh, Mother Angus. You permitted me, dear Mother, to offer myself in this way to God, and you know the river, or rather the oceans of graces that flooded my soul. Ah, since that happy day, it seems to me 
that the love penetrated and surrounded me, and that by each moment of this merciful love renewed me, purifying my soul and leaving no trace of sin within it, and I need to have no fear of purgatory. I know that of myself I would not merit even to enter the place of acceptance since only souls can have entrance there. But I also know the fire of love is more sanctifying than the fire of purgatory. I know that Jesus cannot desire useless sufferings for us, and that he would not inspire the longing I feel unless he wanted to grant them. Does this sound like someone who regrets of having offended herself to merciful love? Of course not. And in fact, the line that follows this paragraph makes it easy clearer. Oh, how sweet it is in a way. Yes, it is sweet because love is sweet and is more effective at making us holy. The fire of love is more sanctifying than this fire of purgatory. In fact, for Teresa, love is the chief plenary indulgence that can keep us from purgatory. Moreover, she explained, God is all generous and would moderate to excess of temporal punishment due to sin because of our love. So that love carries us along the way, making everything in a certain sense easy. It's the easy our love and merciful God intended for us but when we get too big, in other words, we don't fully or confidently abandon ourselves to God in this life, then we have to endure useless suffering. We have to endure the fire of purgatory. But Teresa wants us to avoid it. And she believes God wants us to avoid it too. Actually, according to Teresa, God doesn't just want us to bypass the purgatory. He wants us even to stop talking about it as if it was nearly impossible to avoid. In fact, she believes that such talks hurts the Lord. For instance, after hearing some of the other nuns talking about how they probably end up in purgatory, Teresa responded, Oh, how you grieve me. Do you great injury to God to believe that you're going to purgatory? When we love, we can go there too. And as of her novices once told her, I feel purgatory. Teresa had this to say, you do not have enough trust. You do have too much fear before God, good God. I can assure you that he is grieving over this and you should not fear purgatory because of the suffering there, but should instead ask that you do not deserve to go there in place and please God, who is reluctant to impose punishments as soon as you try to please him in everything and have unstackable trust. 
He purifies you in every moment in his love. He lets no sin remain and you can be sure that you will not have to go to purgatory. Now, how can we be sure that we're not going to purgatory? Teresa advises in something that we have already heard. Keep trying. As soon as you try to please him in everything, and she also says something else that's familiar. Keep trusting and having an unshakable trust so that when we turn trying and keeping trusting, God purifies us every moment in his love and he lets no sin remain. Okay, so that covers two of, of our three things for living the little way. We learned on day 11, keep trying and keep trusting. But we also, the third thing, where the call to recognize the darkness of our littleness. We find that part of Teresa's teaching in her response to one of her novices, Sister Maria of the Trinity, who was concerned about her chances of avoiding purgatory. Sister Maria had asked, St. Teresa, if I fail even in the small things, may I still hope to go straight to heaven? Now, Teresa knew the young nun's weakness very well, and yet she still responded with beautiful words for the little soul. Yes, God is so good. He'll know you, and he'll come to you and to get you. But despite this, try to be faithful. So he does not have to wait in vain for your love. Yes, God is so good to little souls who recognize their weakness. So he tries to be faithful and let the trust of God in the promises of mercy. Today's prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fire of mercy. Help me to live my life so that I may go straight to heaven when I die. Amen to that. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the, today's uh, program. And uh, we're going to be also, next time we'll be talking about another retreat that Father Michael Gately did. And you could order all these online. I hope you know that. And uh, let's see if it has the hotline number here. I don't have it on the book. Uh, they have the prayer line, so you walk the call for prayers at 1-800-804-3823 or the order line at 1-800-462-7426. That's 1-800-462-7426. And these books are printed by the Marian Press. So I'm sure you could also find them online. That's, I believe it's uh, marian.org org or uh, dot com not quite sure you could do a search on that and uh, so that completes today's show and i hope i'll be talking to you soon god bless you all